Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hello, friends. We're so glad that we have this opportunity to share with you on Soul Talks. You know that we've been doing this podcast since 2016, early that year. So we're in our fifth year, Christy. It's been fun, and we're so grateful that you join us to have you come into our home and and listen to us as Bill and I share our hearts and open our souls with Jesus. Really glad to have this format, uh, Christy, that we can share with our friends out there, people around the world who've been following Jesus with us, and it's just such an honor to have so many good men and good women who are in our community. It is. It's a blessing. We love hearing from you. We just heard Bill from our friend who's in our spiritual direction and training certificate, uh, training the Institute, Soul Shepherding Institute. She lives in Tennessee. She's a minister there. And she said, thanks, Bill and Christy, for the compassion for this feelings of isolation and worries about what we're experiencing so intensely during this time of self-quarantine. I see how I was take, talking to myself into being strong, yet inside I was feeling lonely and sad about the loss of normalcy. I needed this encouragement from your podcast to seek and offer empathy from the Lord, family, and friends, and I'm praying for you. We're so thankful for your prayers for us, and we feel that, and we're so thankful that you took time to reach out and write to us. We love hearing from all of you, especially at this time where we're all experiencing more isolation. Yeah, these times of coronavirus are anxious and scary. We're all checking our news feeds, trying to see what's going on. We've suffered major financial losses, uh, incredible disruptions to our routine and our work. Uh, we serve so many pastors in soul shepherding, and they can't even meet. I mean, the, the body of Christ is meant to, to be together and worship God together, and that's what our churches do. And we're so thankful for all of you who are pastors and uh, spouses of pastors and church workers uh, and this is a, a really challenging time, and yet it's also an incredible opportunity to uh, connect with people in a different way using technology and to welcome in new people who will visit our church service online, perhaps, but yes. they might not uh, have walked in and learning some new technologies and new ways and new ways of, of uh, working and serving the Lord from home are good. We've got a lot of our pastors uh, listening here who are uh, broadcasting their services from their home. Uh, they're speaking from their heart, and uh, maybe their uh, worship team is at another location or, or a couple of worship people leading worship, and they're putting those together into a Facebook Live podcast or uh, another way of streaming their service on their website or, or with another software system. And uh, so proud of the courageous men and women serving the Lord who are uh, trying new things and being vulnerable. Uh, one of our pastors that we support uh, and uh, follow Jesus together uh, in uh, Cleveland, Ohio area. Uh, so thankful for Shane, for you and for your team. And he was in a live webinar with us that we did this last week because we're really trying to reach pastors and leaders in this time of, of challenge with how to respond and how to care for their souls. And so we did a webinar on, on leading through fear. In fact, we have a whole webpage, if you go to soulshepherding.org, you'll see it right there in the top banner, but it's uh, called Soul Care and Coronavirus. And it's a whole webpage of resources and included a couple, the two videos that we did last week on uh, leading through fear and also 
empathy and faith for coronavirus fears. And uh, Shane was in the Leading Through Fear uh, uh, webinar with one of his elders and uh, stepped out to uh, speak to his people, give a message to them from his heart, right from his home. And uh, uh, just did such a good job with uh, empathizing with his people, articulating the things that they're feeling and normalizing that, pulling them together and uh, opening up God's word, uh, leading them through a psalm of lament and just teaching them how to, how to talk to God and trust God with the, the anxieties and struggles that they're having now. And so many pastors like this, we're so proud of you. Yeah, and doing that as a FaceTime Live, this was in addition to his Sunday service that he was offering. Yeah, we're so thankful for each of you. Some of you are small group leaders, and you're reaching out and venturing into leading your small group online and gathering online and keeping the connection going with each other is so important in this time when we are practicing social distancing. (laughs) Others of you are parents or your soul friends, uh, counselors, teachers, uh, many different ways that you're caring for people around you. I talked to a leader this morning, and he, he was we talked while he was in his car, and he was delivering food to some elderly neighbors who couldn't get out. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what it is to be a soul shepherd. It's all these different ways that we uh, do what we can to share the smile of Jesus and the heart of Jesus, the hands of Jesus with the people around us. And so just want you to know, you who are listening, that you are so important it was to you that Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Mm-hmm. And so when you shine the light of Christ to the people around you, it makes such a big difference, and especially in a time like this. And uh, gosh, the compassion of Christ is, is going out in so many different ways right now. And there are many ways that people in our country, even those who are not uh, explicitly following Jesus, are, are nonetheless Christ's agents as uh, doctors and nurses and scientists and uh, government workers and uh, shop owners who are uh, providing food for people and people, all kinds of different workers that are uh, developing more uh, breathing masks and, and ventilators and uh, help, helping people in this time of, of great need. And we are the body of Christ. We, we're the hands and heart of Jesus together. And it's so good to see people pulling together, even those who, who might say, well, I don't think I'm so vulnerable myself. I'm, I'm younger or I'm healthy or I think if you know I get the virus, I'll be okay. But you know we're we're concerned about the vulnerable, who uh, the, the, those who are older or those who have uh, compromised lungs, and we're concerned about the overload in the hospitals. And so we're all pitching together. Well, and that's what I like about social distancing is the way we're loving our neighbors that way. But the thing that's hard about it is we don't want to socially distance in our spirits, mm-hmm. in our souls. And where we do need to practice some social distancing, like not being physically together, we have an opportunity to remain bonded in Christ and also to make sure we're not distancing from the Lord and that we're drawing close to Jesus. There's a unique opportunity in this time for us. Many of us might feel lonely, but we can actually transform loneliness into a meaningful connection and solitude with Jesus. Yeah, so how do we turn social distancing into solitude with Jesus? That's our topic here. And you may not have thought about the difference between loneliness and solitude, but loneliness is uh, an experience where you're feeling uh, an emptiness. You're feeling uh, by yourself and unknown. And there's a sadness in that, maybe a depression in that, maybe a, a reclusiveness, uh, feeling uh, insignificant, empty. 
And solitude uh, is something that we actually, it's a discipline, a spiritual practice that we can purposefully choose in order to foster a, uh, an intimate encounter with the Lord, where we're, we're saying, Lord, you know, here am I. I, I I'm setting aside this time to, to pray, to connect with you, to take a walk with you, to, to uh, be in the scriptures and, and listen to what you want to say to me, to, to, to pray for people I'm concerned about and join you in, in your, your work of prayer. It involves us intentionally directing our mind to the presence of Christ with us, to be reflecting on what we know of him, what we've experienced of God with us, and to be opening our souls in conversation, to be sharing what it is that we're feeling, that we're thinking, even the temptations that we are encountering to a distraction, to go and distract ourselves or to try to numb numb the pain of the loneliness. Well, let's talk more about the distraction uh, and numbing, Christy, because that's a real uh, temptation right now. And you just uh, you just scroll your your social media feed. Uh, you are listening, and you just think about the things that people are are sharing and uh, talking about. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of diversion going on, a, a lot of just sort of vegging out. That's different than purposefully making use of new spaces or, or new routines for relational purposes. Yeah, it would be tragic if we filled the extra time that we have at home now because of events being canceled and travel being canceled and those kinds of things. If we just filled that with distractions of cleaning compulsively all the time. Now, cleaning's a good thing in moderation, but if you're doing it to deal with, you know, your shut down your emotions and not really enter in and pay attention to what you're feeling, then that that could be a distraction that takes over. Or if you're just escaping into watching, you know, movies constantly and binging on streaming movies, that could be a distraction where you're actually trying to distract from a reality here that that needs to be taken into relationship with God and, and healthy relationships communication and relationship of prayer with and for others and and receiving empathy and prayer for yourself Um, or just leaning into the opportunity to have to to waste time with Jesus Hmm. to I mean it's really not wasted it just might feel like a to us because we're so productivity oriented in our society yeah, and when we can't be productive, because some of us aren't able to, we're not able. Most of us are not able to go to our jobs, and some of us are able to work from home. But even still, our routines are disrupted, and there's probably spaces that are existing in our daily schedule now that didn't exist before. And so, what are we doing with that time now? You know, listening to you, people might feel like, oh, so Christy, you're saying I should, you know, just read the Bible and pray all the time. No, I'm not saying that because, yeah, we need some normalcy of routine and structure in our days in this time. But I'm just suggesting, could we put priority on putting some structured, intentional time that really is set apart into intentional connection with the Lord and and even intentional connection of time of solitude and silence with him? Yeah, so how do you do that? Because you, you, your, your story is that in your history, you've struggled with feeling alone. You're, you're Christy. You're very relational. You like to, you like to be with people. You like to do things with people. And so, how have you? I mean, our listeners might not know this about you. How have you learned to lean into 
times of solitude and have that feel like it's a, a life-giving thing. It's not, it's not lonely. It's not like punishment, like time right. out or something. Which is how it felt at first. And I think back when I first was, you know, being challenged to practice solitude and silence, it felt like punishment and it felt very lonely and it stirred up, you know, even some of my abandonment wounds. And so what was helpful to me to push through that was being able to have some helpful, consoling, connective disciplines and practices to help me make use of that time. And so we put together on our website some really helpful, good tools like that, like praying a psalm in a nature setting. And so taking a psalm that you've, that's the title of an article on Soul Shepherding, where we take a psalm and go out and find, you know, a, a rock, and then you're meditating on the psalmist's words on how God is a rock for us. And that's, it, it gave me a way to appreciate and connect with the Lord alone in solitude and silence and get, get me jump-started in that and then receiving something from the Lord in that such that I wanted to do another experiment of to think about these solitude and silence experience, as experiments, these disciplines as, well, what will God do in my soul if I do this with him? So praying a psalm helps you in solitude, being in nature in a beautiful place, that that helps you connect yeah, with God? Yeah, yesterday I took a really long walk and in solitude and silence. I didn't take my phone, so I wouldn't be distracted, you know, by that. You can practice social distancing on a walk. Yeah, I was real, I mean, I was, it was tempted part of me wanted to just listen to podcasts or praise music or something, you know, as I walked and, or to call my mom or my sisters or friends and connect with people. Those all would have been great things to do in this time. But I felt like, no, I was really called to be intentional to get out and to make some solitude and silence space just to hear, just to say, Lord, is there anything you want me to know? Is there anything you want to say to me? And just to make space to listen for that time. But I needed to leave the house because you and Brianna were home. Yeah, <laughs> so. you- Everybody hear this? Christy didn't want me with her. She, she wanted just to be with Jesus. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Or sometimes I'll make space in bed. You know, I'll stay in bed where I'm I'm alert, I'm awake, but I'll be still in solitude and silence. The doors are closed. Um, you're you're quiet. You're not going to come in because you know. Well, you think I'm sleeping, but I actually <laughs> will oftentimes be practicing intentional times of solitude and silence, and it helps me to do it. For me, it helps me to do it in the morning because once I get up, it's harder to stop. It's harder to stop and find that place of just really being still and disciplined and pushing all the distractions aside. So, so being relaxed in my body helps me in that case. Yeah. Now, you're speaking from your your current um, um, experiences, history, maturity, uh, years of practice with spiritual disciplines. So I recall when you were newer at this, you saying uh, what I mentioned a few minutes ago, that actually solitude felt like punishment to you. Mm-hmm. It did. Yeah. I felt like being put in time out. So, so say, say more room, about that. Grounded. Descri- describe those yeah. feelings because some of our listeners, that's what they're feeling. Yeah. It, it was a sense of, well, I would feel a sense of shame, not being wanted. Like I wasn't wanted. Or I was cut off or insecurity that, you know, or a fear that I was missing out. Some of those kind of painful emotions would come up for me. And and the other thing that would come up for me, and this is one of the things that Dallas, our our mentor, always said, is that when you practice solitude and silence, you, you find out you have a soul. Mm-hmm. And I would run into a little bit of crisis because I would find out that I didn't like being with myself. 
And so that was part of the what felt like punishment. It felt like punishment to just be with me because I had such self-hatred. Yeah, and this begs the question of, so why would we do this? Because, you know, who wants to feel punished or insecure or self-hatred or, or another thing that we tend to feel is bored. Mm-hmm. You know, if we like stimulation and activity, mm-hmm. I mean, th- yeah. this is this is me. I, mean, I don't want to be bored. Uh, I don't want to feel empty. And so it seems like I can be doing something productive uh, for the Lord, for other people. And, you know, do I really need this solitude and silence? So what's helped you push through that resistance to boredom? Well, I caught I caught a vision on, on the value of solitude and silence. Uh, for instance, seeing that, that this is fundamental in the life of Jesus. You read the Gospels and you just see again and again that Jesus goes off by himself or, or with the disciples. Uh, a great example is Mark 6.31, and Jesus says to his disciples, you know, come away with me by yourselves and let's get some rest. And, you know, that's one of the wonderful invitations of Scripture and so in that, I see Jesus' example, and then I see Jesus taking his disciples with him. And sometimes uh, we need to practice solitude, not only with Jesus, but with other people. And mm-hmm. that seems like, okay, well, how, that doesn't seem like that would go together, because the point is you're away from people. But you can actually be in solitude and silence together. And so that was one of the ways I learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that with Ray Ortland. Uh, one of my early mentors went through a discipleship group with him many years ago and he took me on retreat and, and we were quiet, but we were in the same place. And before we went into silence, we talked and we prayed together and there were other pastors with us and we were all huddled together. We gathered around God's word. We prayed together. Then we went into silence and we didn't talk to each other. We might see each other, but we didn't talk. We were all meeting with Jesus. And then we came back together and we shared about our experience and so that's the kind of thing that, that Jesus did with his disciples, especially his, his lead disciples, Peter, James, and John. But he's showing them how, how to do it, and, he, and he's helping them do it by, by talking with them before and after, processing, debriefing, and encouraging them. Well, they saw the power that came out of him after he'd had that time yeah. of solitude and silence with his father, and he talked about that. And I got a vision of it, too, from really from Jesus, but also from anybody that I know that God used in a big and powerful way that was really a, a, a saint that I respected and admired. This was a part of their life, all of them, if you, you know, when you, when you read about it. And so that was something for me that I realized there's something there that I, I'm getting a vision for that I want, but I couldn't start alone either. I needed to start in smaller increments of experiments and then to be able to come back together and process my experience with somebody, even the painful parts was really key in me learning this and getting a vision. And then once you start to taste and see and experience God's goodness and some of the fruit of even the pain of it, then your vision just continues to grow. Yeah. So when you get, when you get a vision that it's really a, a good thing that's going to help you deepen your intimacy with God. It's going to help you to uh, be a healthier, more alive person, a more loving person, uh, practicing disciplines like this, doing this kind of a soul training process in solitude and silence with the Lord. Then it, it helps us to, to persevere through the boredom and get to the other side of that. It helps us to feel the distress that comes up and, and learn how to deal with that. 
It does. And, I, you know, another thing that really helped me to get a vision of this bill was I would see elderly people who are isolated or sick people or even young people I knew that had a stroke and then were all of a sudden alone in a nursing home. And I, I caught a vision by thinking, I need to be prepared for that in my soul internally. If something were to happen to me and I were to have an accident um, and be a bit, you know, where I needed to, you know, be alone for hours and hours and hours and I was dependent upon people's care and all that solitude, I need to have a relationship with God that would carry me through that. And so that gave me a vision to start developing that too. Yeah, prisoners of war, uh, being in solitary confinement in in a, uh, a prison, uh, many situations where we could be alone, and the average person really freaks out when when they're put into that sort of a situation, and that's what's going on now. And with the quarantine, it's not as harsh as that for most of us, uh, but it it's uh, it evokes all our, our fears, our any. any inner sense of anxiety or shame or frustration, depression in our life comes to the surface. And so we, uh, that's, of course, an unpleasant thing, but it's actually a main point of doing any spiritual discipline, even Bible reading. It's to get in touch with distress, sin that needs to be confessed, needs that we need to pray about, so that we can bring that into our relationship with God. And that's one of the reasons why we value spiritual direction, because that can go really well with a training in learning solitude and silence to be able to process your experience with a spiritual director. Yeah, and so that's why in Soul Shepherding we, we train, as part of our Soul Shepherding Institute, we train people in the ministry of spiritual direction, even if they're not necessarily going to hang out a shingle and, and make a profession of that. But as, uh, as a soul friend, as a small group leader, uh, as a church worker in any situation of ministry or any situation of relationship to have the tools of empathy and spiritual hospitality, companioning somebody through their life with Jesus, being able to understand uh, the kind of thing that we're writing about in our, our book that'll be coming out in a year on the journey of the soul and looking at the stages of emotional and spiritual growth. When you understand these things and then you're with somebody who's sharing personally with you about their life, about their, their relationship with God, about the stresses they're experiencing and trying to understand what God's doing in their life. When you understand these stages and you understand more things about the soul and spirituality, then you, you can listen in a particular way. You can help people put words to their experience and you can help to guide them compassionately in their discipleship with Jesus and in their ministry to others so that it's more fruitful. And so, yeah, you know, solitude and silence isn't something you, you sort of learn alone, mm -hmm. ironically. Yeah. We, we learn it best by uh, practicing with a friend and, and processing our experiences, doing it in, in a community retreat setting like we do in our institute, or we, we learn it uh, through uh, the guidance of a spiritual director that we're meeting with occasionally. And as we spend that time with the Lord, our soul is so strengthened in our relationship with God, and we find that it's not lonely. It's not about being alone and isolated. So one of the things that we're saying here, just to make sure it pops out for you who are listening, is that in Soul Shepherding, whether it's in our institute or as we're coaching different people or some of our, our associates and spiritual directors on our team are coaching people, we, we, we try to integrate two things, solitude and empathy. Getting alone with the Lord and doing this, this inner soul work, even where there's some distress or difficulty associated with it, 
and then being with somebody that we can talk to about our experience and we receive support, we receive compassion. And in the combination of these two disciplines, solitude and empathy is our great pos- possibilities for a, a growing intimacy with Christ. It really does form us more in his love. So friends, uh, it's just so good to be in community with you and I hope that this podcast on turning social distancing into solitude with Jesus has been helpful to you and would love for you to share this podcast with your friends. Uh, love for you to uh, go on to your, your podcast provider and write a review because that helps more people to find Soul Shepherding. And you know, in this time of coronavirus, uh, as difficult as it has been, the Lord has really given us an opportunity in Soul Shepherding. And so we have uh, pivoted, as you've you, you gathered, in all of our podcasts and our blogs, and they all go together, you know. So the, today, uh, there, is a pod, there is a blog on the subject of this podcast that will complement and help you go deeper with it. But as you uh, share these things and as you put ratings in on our, our, your podcast app, it helps other people to find soul shepherding and to find soul talks in this season so that uh, together we can be strengthened in our intimacy with the Lord and in our ministry to other people. Jesus, thank you that we are not alone, that you're the one that will never leave us or forsake us. We pray that you would draw us to you in this time. And we thank you, Lord, that you are already at work in ways beyond our ability to see. And I pray, Lord, that each of our listeners will venture in to tuning out some of the distractions and being intentional to tune in to your presence with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 